We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Cooley's here uh, with a film breakdown. Uh, the show today is presented by, as it always is, Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. You'll get a free estimate and you'll get a great deal, which I will tell you about in a bit. Uh, but Window Nation, right now, a top five window retailer in the country. 96% of their installs go off without a hitch. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to Window Nation. Dot com. Um, so, uh, you were a big hit last week. Not that you need to hear that, but, you know, people were excited after a 2-0 start. There was a lot of excitement about the 2-0 start and the win at Denver after being down 21-3. And then came Sunday against Buffalo. I still think people are going to be excited to hear what you say about the Buffalo game. But um, that was that was ugly, wasn't it? It was, it was so ugly, top to bottom, and it didn't have to be that ugly. It really wasn't. Well, it was, but I mean, look up there. There's some opportunities that they could have scored. They had some chances to stay alive in the game. But man, you talk about it wasn't me that's a big hit. It's Howell a week ago. It was exciting to watch the kid play a week ago. Now, granted, Denver's defense gave up seventy this week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that is the ultimate test. Right. It does make you question a little bit the Denver, you know, explosion of 35 points. But, you know, the Raiders didn't do that to Denver. So there is that. Maybe Miami is a major outlier this year. It's possible. Well, I think Miami's really good on offense. Yeah. If, if two is healthy with their weapons, they have so much speed. And Mike McDaniel gets those guys playing fast with speed, downfield concepts. Tough to cover them. And three kill just adds that number one element that scares the life out of you. They didn't so even Miami have Jalen Waddle for sure. You know, they didn't even have Waddle in that game. <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you watch football last weekend or not? This past weekend, I did watch football last weekend. Okay. So what did it was you? The first weekend I watched football. I, What'd you watch? I bought the YouTube. Watch I bought the YouTube package. You did. So you paid the like four hundred bucks for it. Four hundred bucks. Yeah. But it's like we had Directv a year ago, which is fine. I just don't watch TV. Right. Uh, like I really, I really watched almost no TV. I wanted Directv so I could have the Sunday ticket. 
Right. So, so I, I didn't. We, my Maddie was all concerned. She's like, director, he's like, hiring $35 a month. I'm canceling this. <laughs> and then they, they made her some great offer that was like $40 a month instead. So if you. <laughs> You're talking about direct TV. Yeah. So, um, and she's like, nah, I said, that's not, she said, that's not fair. I'm not doing that. I'm like, why? It became a great deal. We got to send all our stuff back. You're doing it three weeks before football starts. Just make it through the season a couple more months. That said, bought the YouTube package. I watched most of the Commanders game, which was thrilling. But I watched the Red Zone channel as that went off and then. Some of the some of the afternoon games are the later games for me. The afternoon games, which yeah. I, were not thrilling by any means. Uh, and then I'm, I didn't I didn't watch the Sunday night game, but I wanted to. I won money on the Sunday night game. Yeah, but you I had got Pittsburgh, or you had, had the, to play. Yeah, yeah, I had Pittsburgh, but we had to watch Wee Bowl, or we had to play Wee Bowling. Oh, you did <laughs> Wee Bowling. Well, that's a good family activity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. So, I mean, real quickly on Miami, because I I actually had referred to them after they beat the the Chargers because I watched some of that game. I'm like th- that that could be this year the the second coming of the greatest show on turf. Um, they just I I can't remember watching a team with that much speed everywhere. And by the way, they're fast on defense too. Like they've got some really fast playmaking dudes on defense as well. But if Tua stays healthy, uh, it's really – you can't say anything definitively after week three, and they're an underdog Sunday at Buffalo. They play at Buffalo. This weird, is, weird, huh? A little weird. bit a little bit weird, yeah, I guess because of the 70. If they had just beaten Denver, it wouldn't have been weird. You know, if they'd beaten Denver 35-17, to 17, it wouldn't have right. been weird. But because they had – 350 yards rushing and 376 yards passing because they had 726 yards of offense and 70 points and it could have been more it's a little weird but got out of hand though Vegas knows that it got out of hand <laughs> it got out of hand I mean when you say got out of hand like, do you... go ahead I was gonna say when you say got out of hand like in a football game, it's like, oh my god, yeah, it ended up it ended up thirty eight to ten, but it really got out of hand late. Thirty eight to ten, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's that's more like that's like forty nine to ten. <laughs> okay. Forty six to ten. Yeah. Fifty two to ten. Seventy to ten really got out of hand. <laughs> really dropped the ball there on the defensive side in the second half. I mean, they had a chance, you know, to battle it. <laughs> It was always out of hand. You know, Denver's not very good. You know, they play Washington plays Miami in early December. The, the, Miami's got – They listen to this, Cooley, okay? They they play Buffalo. This is like the – you know, for, for this season so far, this is one of the games of the year. They play the Chiefs in Germany in one of the international games on November 5th. I mean – Think about the Germans got their first game last year, which I think was Brady and Tampa against Seattle. I think that was the game. And the second game, and apparently they love the NFL, they may be getting the NFL game of the year. Kansas City and Miami. What do you think the total in that game will be? 
75? No, that's those are college totals, but it'll be <laughs> 60 it, it'll be 60, which is unheard of in the NFL. It'll be high 50s to low 60s. What would it be this week? This week Kansas it, City just steamrolled steamrolled the Bears. This week uh if the game were being played, it would doesn't matter um cuz the weather would uh, assuming it would be fine. Uh, the total would be 61. What is the highest ever over-under in an NFL game? I know we reached 60-plus at some point recently in the NFL. And I want to say it was a Rams game during the year they were scoring all those points. Um, here it is. The highest over-under line in a game... Uh, this is the first thing that popped up. Kansas City Rams, that Monday night game in 2018, it was 63 and a half, and that was the game that ended 54 to 51. Should have made it 100. <laughs> yeah, well, it still wouldn't have been enough. Well, hope, hope you didn't take the under. That was over in the second quarter. Yeah. The Chiefs and the Rams in 2018, and then it looks like the Chiefs had the, uh, another game. No, then then the next one, the Rams, the, the greatest show on turf in 2000, the Rams in a game um, against somebody, the total was 63 as well. But 63 and a half uh, was the biggest total. So if Miami That's and Kansas point. City played this week, I think I think it would threaten the highest over under total in the history of the game. It, it, it might be sixty four, might be sixty four. So, would you take the over? Be hard not to. I mean, actually, if it were sixty four, I would take the over. But if they, if I saw like a fifty seven, then I'd go under because <laughs> you know how I think. Under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, neither neither team's going to slow the game down. They're right. both going to try to score. If they played this week, they're both going to try to score. I think Miami's good defensively, though. I think they are better on defense than the Chiefs are. I mean, they gave up 34 to the Chargers in the opener, but my God, I mean, I don't know if you saw Justin Herbert's numbers from Sunday. He was 40 of 47 in a game. And I tried to find this, and I couldn't find it. If somebody has this, tweet it to me or DM it to me if you can. Um, I don't know that that I've ever seen an 85% plus completion percentage with 40 completions. Like, I've seen 40 out of 55 or 40 out of 57 or, you know, 40 out of 53. 40 out of 47 is 85 point something percent completion percentage. That's insane. All right. Um, Some good NFL so far through the first three weeks. Interesting, you know, situations. Miami's obviously the story of the season through three weeks. Philly and San Francisco are both undefeated. Did you see any of Philly on Monday night? No, I didn't watch the Philly game, but I did do the stupid parlay thing, and I meant to pick pick Pittsburgh is my last game just because you're watching through the day like a, a, they did a $40 bet on a four game parlay two two were really like two were lines the other two were easy cover like easy Kansas City's just got to beat Buffalo to up your money a little bit 
and I, I, I did win four-game parlay. What was your four-game parlay? KC money line? Minus five. Eagles Kansas minus Kansas five. City outright. The Dolphins outright. It, Arizona to cover, and I took Philly, but I meant to take Pittsburgh. God damn it. You, you messed up those pit, Pennsylvania I'm, State. I'm, I'm so pissed that I didn't give out Arizona. I played them personally. But I said on Friday's show, I said there's four big dogs, like near double-digit dogs. One of them is a double-digit dog. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, one of them, maybe two of them are going to win outright. And I chose Chicago to put into the smell test. <laughs> I, think I took Chicago. But you just said you took Kansas. Oh, you had Kansas City on the money line. In this, in this yeah, like, yeah, no, but in, in another, just a one-offer, I, I took Chicago. Right. I actually. That, that, did, that, was, over, that was over quick. <laughs> I had a brutal day oh, Sunday. I had I, I had Denver. I had Washington. I had uh, oh, Carolina. I had I had Carolina. I took Carolina. I yeah. liked Carolina. I actually hedged that halfway through and took the over though, so I, I broke even on that one. Um, I also had uh, I played Arizona and Cleveland. Like they were the two winners. I had Washington on the money line. <laughs> I had Denver, and I had Denver on the money line. Not I had two I, I had two sides that were two of the biggest blowouts of the day. Um, no, all three. So what, what am I talking about? Not not smell test wise, but Chicago I had in the smell test. Denver I had in the smell test, and I also played Washington. I had all three of those teams plus the points and on the money line. And I guess if I did this real quickly, forty one and thirty seven is seventy eight, and seventy is one forty eight. Um, to 23, what did the Bears score? 148 to 33. My teams were outscored <laughs> by 115 <laughs> points. It's the worst when it's over, too, in the second quarter. I mean, it's never really over with with the points, but the, the Broncos was over. Washington was pretty much over. Um, well, at least Denver scored early. At least Denver scored early. It was twenty-one to, it was like twenty-one to ten or something. It was fourteen to seven or because uh, I kept watching the scores pop up. All right, um, enough about that. Just before we get to what you've done film-wise, so you're, uh, you, you said something at the beginning. You, you know, and I said, what, what was, what's your big takeaway? Your, or, as you like to say, your overarching theme. And you said it could have been better. Like you, they were. In, did you say they? You thought they were in the game. Yeah, they're in the game. They're in the game in the third quarter. It's, they're probably not going to beat Buffalo, but it's it's the two score game in the third quarter, and they take the ball down the field. You know, that's... it wasn't when you're watching it on film. Buffalo's getting every single third down in the first half, and Hal's not playing great. And they 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 take it. They do take it down the field. They don't, and they get no points on a fourth and what? Fourth and one? Fourth and two? Fourth and two. Fourth and goal to two. Yeah. Fourth and two, they get no points. They had opportunities. I actually thought in that moment, it, you almost with a rookie, you just take three and get some momentum back there, get something on the board, get going somehow. And he shit the bed on fourth and two. It was bad. And we'll say, say, but, save that because obviously we want the whole Sam Howell breakdown. But I, first of all, you just just a pet peeve. Because we all say it, and even I probably say it sometimes. 16 is not – it could be a two-score game, but you can't say it's – It is. 
Well, no, it's not. It's probably not a two-score game because the average make on two-point conversions is 48%. So you're not probably going to make uh, score two touchdowns and convert on two two-point conversions. It's Pro- just like, probably not, but can you? You can. It could be a two-score game, but just, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about a seven or a 14-point or a 14-point game because there's no guarantee you're going to make the, the PAT, but we understand that that's 95%. Percentage, right? You, yeah. You should make it. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason I bring it up is because Josh McDaniel took an absolute beating um, from everybody, especially the, the analytics people. Sunday night, all right, in the game that you bet Pittsburgh in, Sunday night, they were down 23-7. They scored. They made a two-point conversion. It was 23-15. Then they had the ball back after stopping Pittsburgh for a second straight three and out. They drove down the field, and with three and a half minutes to go on fourth down, he put his field goal team out there. Um, There was a penalty on Pittsburgh. They got a first. They made the field goal, but there was a penalty on Pittsburgh. He put his offense back out, out on the field. They didn't get a first down, and then it was fourth down again, fourth and four with two and a half minutes to go. They had all three timeouts left, and he kicked the field goal. So it was 23-18. He was asked about what happened. He said, why didn't you go for the fourth and four? It was a one-score game, and he said, no, it wasn't. It was a two-score game. Now, it didn't have to be a two-score game. There's a possibility they could tie it. But I think that too often people just view eight. Collinsworth, who drives me fucking crazy. I've had it. I I can't. He's the worst. The worst. He said during the last drive at one point, the Raiders should be careful. They should try to score and not leave Pittsburgh any time. And I'm screaming, dude, what are you talking about? They're down by eight. They're not going for a walk-off win here. They're like, this is likely, you know, there's a 52% chance league-wide over the last 10 years, two-point conversions, a 52% chance this is a two-possession game for the team that you want to go down and leave no time left on the clock for the opponent. No, they'd be leaving no time on the clock for themselves. That's if they do actually score. If they score. If they actually score, it's really like a, what, what, that they go score Six and get a chance to go. It's like a thirty-five percent chance that they score a touchdown and get a and get a PAT. Thirty percent. Right. Yeah. Let's go score now because we really might need the ball back. Right. In fact, the odds favor we're going to need the ball back to win the game. Now, can I just mention with three forty-eight left or whatever and three timeouts and the way their defense had been playing the context of the game, I actually didn't have a problem. It was fourth and six with him putting the field goal team out there at that moment. But with two and a half minutes to go and the ball was at the eight-yard line and it was a fourth and four, I think he needed to go for that because even if they don't get it, he's going to have a chance to get the ball back one more time with his timeouts and the two-minute warning to then do it. I think the problem is is that – with two and a half minutes to go, you're literally one first down away from not getting the ball back at three and a half minutes with three timeouts and a two-minute warning. Depending on when you make the first down, it's at least two first downs that they're going to need for you not to get the ball back. And um, no, and, and uh, the the other thing about this is, is I, I don't. I think it's an interesting interesting decision if it's fourth and four on the four, just because everything's so condensed. It's just such a tough 
It was fourth and four on the eight. It was fourth and four on the eight. It's less than forty-eight percent. It's less than forty-eight percent. You're getting you're scoring from the four, but fourth and four on the eight, it is condensed. But you got to understand they're going to protect the end zone. They'll survive another set of downs, right? To protect the end zone in that situation, sure. So it increases your chance of getting four yards to then get a first down. Mm. They're going to protect the the end zone for Mm. sure. So you can probably get four, get another set of downs. Is why I like going for it. Like I don't mind going for it with with two whatever it was left. I'm I'm definitely going for it. Me too. In that spot, I am. I mean, just in the just in the idea, like even when your defense is playing great, like say they come up in third and six, they throw a three yard flat route, and the guy just breaks the tackle, and the game's over. Right. That sucks, man. I, like I, I'm not going to put it on a one play deal. Like if it, with three and a half, like you said, where you get a chance to really stop him in two sets of downs, sure. But with one, no. And especially from the eight. Like I said, I, I think it's an interesting decision from the four just because that's a tough play. Right. But from the eight, they are going to protect the end line. Yeah, I just, for me, it's just this idea that when you're down eight, it's a one score game. Um, when you're down 16, it's a two-score game. You know, when you get down 24, it's really not a three-score game because <laughs> because you're just not going to more likely than not make three two-point conversions. And, of course, context is everything. If you got Mahomes or you got Allen or you got Herbert or you got Burrow and you got, you know, Jamar Chase and you got Tariq Hill, okay. But, um, you know, when you got Jimmy Garoppolo – not necessarily the case. But the other thing you said, I just so I just never had the sense, you know, not all 16 to nothing games are the same. I didn't think that I thought it felt much more like 30 to nothing than say 16 to nothing or 10 to nothing. It just did not seem to me now, when they ran the ball a little bit on the first two drives of the second half, it gave me like some hope, like, okay, I mean, they can't stop Brian Robinson Jr. He's averaging seven yards a carry, and on, the, on these two drives, he's averaging like 12 yards a carry. Why don't we do this so we don't throw another interception or take another sack and see if this works? But then they dropped him back again, two times in a row sacked, interception, and then it's it, it was over. But... Even then, I'm like, Josh Allen's too good, man. Diggs is too good. And I love our defense, don't get me wrong. But really good offense and great quarterbacking, I think, is certainly, you know, it trumps great defense almost every time. But anyway, that, I, that was my point, is I did not feel really like it, like I was watching a game in which they could come back in, even though it was only 16 to nothing. No, they had chances. I mean, I think there were some things that they had some success with. It didn't. It wasn't just a wasn't a pure just route. Buffalo's clearly better. You watch that game, and I don't think Washington wins very many times out of ten, if any. Right. But it. I don't know. They moved the ball at times and made some plays. They were able to run the ball. They like. Gosh, I looked at when I got done. I looked at the first half run sets. It's like Robinson, five carries, twenty-two yards. Now, granted, what, what they have like twenty plays, yeah. but that, 
like I look at that game again, and I think if you are Washington and you have some success running the ball, really the theory would be to me slow the game down, stay alive. Your quarterback's a competitor. See if he can do something in the third and fourth quarter, the fourth quarter of the game, where he's got some confidence. Right. But but slow the game down a little bit against Buffalo, and they just didn't continue to run the ball. Um. There, God, there's so much I need to tell you because we have not talked since Sunday about some of the things that Rivera has said since the game on Sunday. But why don't we get to all that you've put together, uh, and we will do that uh, coming up next. Let me tell you about the deal that Window Nation has going on right now. Right now, no money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years. Plus, you can get up to 50% off all style windows. Bow, bay, double hung, any style. Cooley knows what all of that means, by the way. Bow, bay, double hung, any style. You'll save thousands on your new windows and your energy bills, all the while upgrading the look and feel of your home. Window Nation is one of the largest window retailers in America, and they've been one of the most successful because they do it right. Their average installer averages 16 years of experience with over 20,000 windows installed. They've installed over 2 million windows worldwide, 96% perfection, making them one of the top uh, window companies in America. Only 4% of the time are they back out there for an update to their install. Call them at 866-90-NATION. Go to windownation.com. Up to 50% off, no money down, no payments, no interest. For two full years, you get a free estimate. If you mention my name, you've got nothing to lose. Cooley's Film Breakdown, when we come back, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get to Cooley's Film Breakdown, I just want to mention what my bookie is doing for all of you, uh, our listening audience. My bookie wanted to celebrate Washington's 2-0 start. They reached out to me last week. They said, what can we do? They threw out a couple of options, and I picked the one that they are offering you because this is really something that most sports books never even come close to offering. They're offering a 110% deposit match on your first deposit. You more than double your money before you even place your first bet. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get an additional 110 put into your account. Up to 1000 bucks you're allowed to get 110% uh, added to the account. Put in 1000, you'll have $2100 in your account 
before you make your first wager. Now, this offer is exclusive to my listeners only, and it's only available this week. Go to mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC to grab this bonus. I don't care if you've got another place where you're currently betting. You'd be an idiot not to sign up and take this free money uh, and then have a place to comparison shop on point spreads, on totals, on money lines, on pricing. My bookies got sharp lines. They've got very, very good pricing in particular. Fair lines, I should say. Um, mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC for a 110% deposit match on your first deposit. You only have this week to take advantage of the deal. I thank my bookie for doing something. It was very nice for them to recognize the 2-0 and start that's now 2-1 and and want to do something for uh, our listeners. MyBookie.ag, promo code KevinDC. All right, so what do you got? What'd you look at again? What are we doing here? We're going to do the quarterback. We're going to look at third down defense, and you wanted to talk about EB. Yeah, took me a minute to figure that out, but I got to figure <laughs> it out. So. Good, I'm glad you figured it like, out. Where, where Ernest Biner? Let's start with Sam. All right. Well, progressively, so like, we can go through the good quickly. Okay. But uh, some of the good uh, early underneath throws, I still think he's accurate. He can get the ball out on time. Um, he can throw a ball down the field too. He threw a deep ball down the field, down the left side, dropped it in the bucket. To Samuel. Third drive-ish. Yeah, to Samuel. Big time throw. Sprint. They, they come back with a sprint out, sprint right, and he throws a hook to Terry or a little out to Terry. Awesome. I think he can throw the ball on the move. Yeah. He can obviously scramble. He ends up having a big scramble on that drive. Uh, and then clearly they get down the field and, and they don't score. But I do see some accuracy. Uh, I do see a lot of confidence when he knows where his one read is. And I see some gamer in him. But the, uh, the, that, that's where the good really ends in this game. Right. Obviously, there's, there's some good throws. But you start in the first drive. And like this is on the quarterback. It's also really potentially some on play caller. But like, the first drive is indicative of this game. Robinson, seven-yard run. How complete to McLaurin, first down. Robinson, five-yard run. How complete to McLaurin, 10 yards down the field. Boom, boom, first down, first down. You go with a run-action shot, you get down the field, excellent throw to Turner, 21 yards, you're down the field, you're 25-yard line. Now you go run-action again, and you take a sack. And it's like, dude, he misses a check. He's really, at that point, trying to force the ball down the field. He's not in real rhythm yet, trying to push the ball down the field. I know he feels confident. He misses the check down, takes the sack, and it's like, you got him. if you're not going to throw that check down, you've got to get out of the pocket. Like, you can't just sit there, eyes down the field, waiting for, waiting for it to come open. Like, it's going to come open or it's not. You've got to make that decision quicker. His decision is not quick enough with, is the downfield route going to come open? Is there a chance I'm going to be able to throw the ball? Because as soon as there's not, you have to come back underneath and throw the ball short. I, I, I like run-action passes because it can actually act as almost a run if you throw a two-yard check down. It, it still forces them to come up. So when you go back to a run-action pass, 
they know you're going to throw it underneath. And the Bills are smart. They're like, dude, throw it underneath. We dare you. Don't think you're going to do it. Your eyes are downfield. You work downfield too long. We'll play soft. We'll give you some of these early check down throws. See if you can do it. See if you can beat us. And he's not going to. So he ends up taking sacks. They come back, next play, sacked. Uh, like, he initially works the right side. It's a second 18 on the first drive. He initially works the right side. It's a speed out. He's got bad leverage to start. Like, from the snap, the DB is outside. The speed out should just be dead to the quarterback. If you could look at it, you could glance at it. And if that DB evens up with your receiver running out, you can stay with it. But he doesn't. There's no even up. You're off of it. Like, not even a half a second. Off of it. The hitch to the backside, wide open. Is that Samuel? Instead of throwing it, yeah, instead of throwing it, he's trying to run. I said the time before, maybe move from the pocket. This time it's like, just go to number two. But he got to come off one quicker, and he didn't. And then really, I thought a third down, the third 19 is, is, is horrendous. You're at the, what, 33-yard line. You're in field goal range. Or sorry, you're thirty-four yard line. You're in field goal range. You do. It's third and nineteen. You do not have to be a hero on a third nineteen on the first series of the game. He has got his tight end out in the flat. Is an easy gain of nine to fourteen yards, and let's see what happens. I don't know if Bates is going to get it. I don't think Bates is going to get it, but it's going to put you back to the twenty-three, twenty-four yard line. It's an easy field goal. Let's take some points. Let's have some success early. The Bills DB, 34, and I'm sorry I don't know names right now, 34 is taking away the deep fit route in the middle of the field from the jump. It's over. 43, Bernard. You cannot, yeah. you cannot just force a ball over his head. Like, I know, and the thing is, is like he's trying to make that throw. And it, it is a, you think he is two yards further up, Three yards further up, or not there, it's an excellent throw. I get what he's doing with it. It's just you can't make that throw. Bernard takes it away all day. It's bad. Let me just come back second drive. Let me just interject real quickly because I want to. I want to ask you a question, and I don't want to lose this thought on the third and nineteen, because to me this is you know this is really poor situational football. Third and 19 in this league we know is a long shot at best, and that's even with the really good quarterbacks. And so what we see in this league when you're in field goal range is we see a draw, we see a bubble screen, we see you know a, a quick drop and a check down, get 10 yards, turn it into a chip shot field goal, 3-3. Three to three. Don't you think that that's got to be with a young quarterback? And I'm not suggesting that this didn't happen. This has to be emphasized – before the snap, we are not going for a first down here. You know, if if something is wide open and they blow a coverage, fine. But what really? we really want is we want the check down and we're going to kick a field goal unless Bates breaks seven tackles and gets 19 yards. And there's another side to this as well, and it's another way that you can explain it because the NFL's changed drastically over the last five, six years on fourth down. Let's get 14 and see what happens. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Maybe you're, you're maybe you got a fourth and five fourth or fourth and, and four. Yeah. Let's put us in a situation where, where we might think about it. Yep. Let's give us an opportunity to think about it. But we can't take a sack and get put out of field goal range, and we certainly can't throw an interception when we have points. 
But you can't take points off the board. That is the thing that the quarterback cannot do, not take points off the board. So that should have been eyes downfield. As soon as you feel Bernard taking away, away the route, that means your checkdown's open underneath. He's the underneath coverage. He's dropped into it. Throw the check down, see what Bates can get. Maybe he breaks three tackles, and it's a fourth and three. Maybe he gets 16. You can look at the play again. He's getting 10. Yeah, I definitely. promise you he's getting 10. Yeah. If he breaks a tackle, he's getting 13, 14. So let's just give it a chance. Like, we got to give it a chance. It's not – and the thing is, and he made three or four of these plays, they're wake-up to NFL plays. And I don't hate that he did it in, in the fact that it, maybe he learns from it. But they are wake-up to the NFL plays. This ain't college football where coverage is, is just shit. The guys key eyes, guys key routes, guys see things. Learn that. Understand that. Comes back the next drive, and I think it's a second and nine, and this was, I thought this was concerning. They run hitches on the outside and seams in the inside, which is a really simple concept. And if you have a single eye safety or some form of three deep or even potentially quarters, which Buffalo's not in, they're in cover two, you can throw the hitch outside. If you have a cover two or wide split safeties, you are throwing seams to check down. Those seams are going to bend inside the safeties all the way to what could even be a hard dig. They are going to cross the face of the inside safeties. So essentially, when you see split safeties with that look, you are looking at the underneath coverage to whatever side you want to work and saying, can I get the ball over the top of the underneath coverage to throw the seam? You're definitely not throwing the hitch. That's a fucking pick. He throws the hitch out to Dotson, and it's like, this is an easy, easy Buffalo tells you we're playing two safeties. Work the themes. This is dumb. This one, first pick, he's going to learn. This one, this is the kind of thing that frustrates me if I'm coaching. Like, what are we working? Why are we, why are we throwing a hitch out there? Well, fortunately, he, did, fortunately he didn't throw it well, and it was incomplete. <laughs> exactly. Then he takes a sack. Um, with a coverage sack. Coverage, coverage. Coverage, rush. It wasn't all how. A lot of the sacks were, but this one wasn't. Um, you get down in the next series where they get down the field. Um, I thought he did a really good job getting them down the field. We talked about that. You get to a third and goal at the two-yard line. They run an RPO. Terry McLaurin comes across in motion. 23 comes across in motion with him, but Bells goes soft off. The third and two is a, a walk-in, like, gimme touchdown if he just throws the RPO to Terry. They're in a stick, and Terry motions across, and nobody covers him in the flat. Nobody. It's a walk-in. Just need to throw the RPO. And then the fourth and two. I hate the fourth and two. This again, it's like we have a rookie quarterback. I like the concept. Okay? It's just a little angle pass concept where you have a flat and a corner out, and they're following it with the shallow cross on the backside underneath it. They're trying to pick to get the shallow cross open. Well, the corner route really is open. I think it's Dotson out on the corner. He, he really is your only immediate opportunity. He doesn't throw it. You go back and look at how, again, when you watch this play, one, it's a shitty fake to the back. Right. He's got nothing on the fake to the back. Now, keep in mind, they ran it on third and two, so you could run it here. Like You've got to 
at least hold them with the fake. But my problem really goes to, dude, it's fourth and two. Don't shit the bed and throw it away into the end zone, hoping somebody's going to go sliding into a ball. Run, move, find something, do something. This is where you can take a sack. This is where you can run and spin move and see what happens. You have to go off script here. You cannot just flail one out into the middle of the end zone where you're not within four yards of any receiver. It's unacceptable. I mean, the, pr- the pressure is obviously play. quick. I mean, Robinson Jr. does a terrible job. Robinson Jr. does a terrible job, but that's the only actual pressure on the play. Right. Step up inside of it. Slide up. Move out to the right. Yeah. Extend the play. He does have an opportunity to extend this play, in my opinion. I think he does, too. I, th- I think it's not in the pocket. I think it's flushing right and getting around Robinson. and um, who I'm fine with that, so. but I also yeah. think with, with his ability to throw the ball, if he just throws the corner out, it's a touchdown. Can I, just, Dotson's got a step. can I just go back to third and goal for a second? Um, yep. You think Terry's open on on the pass? It, uh, it, you, this is this is your watch it. He's coming. The motion guy comes. So here's what I think happens. I think what happens is that the trailer with his motion is going to come across, and they're going to combo the trailer with the, whoever's covering the receiver. I think it was probably Dotson that said running the stick route. I think they messed up the combo, and the, the Bills player over Dotson should have took, taken the flat, and 23 was going to play the hook right. right inside and would have sat with Dotson. They somehow messed up, I think, the combination between the two. And, yeah, I think Terry's open. I don't think the trailer's going with him. It's two yards. He's got plenty of room to throw it to the flat, and all Terry's got to do is put the ball over the goal line. The other thing, too, is, you know, an RPO is he's got – just so everybody's clear, I've, I've explained this before, That's an, an RPO is not a read option. That, that's quarterback running or running back running. The RPO is either you give it to the running back or you're throwing it, and you've got to throw it quickly because the linemen are blocking and you can't let them get downfield illegally. Um, the, the box here is so loaded too. It's a condensed field. It's a short yardage situation understood and that isn't necessarily what a quarterback is completely looking at at the RPO he's really looking to see whether or not the receiver is going to be open right away uh to throw it I I do think in watching this here in the all 22 he can get that to Terry he's it's got to be one of those RPOs Cooley where he almost doesn't even fake it to Robinson like there's no there's no even looking at Robinson he's just throwing it out to, to Terry and leading him into the end zone I, I agree. Now, you also have to keep in mind one, one other thing. What? I, I don't know if anyone discussed this play. I don't know if it's an RPO. Well, you said they it was an RPO. stick flat. They, well, yeah, it looks like an RPO. You have two receivers on the backside running rounds. Do I understand how they called it? No. Do I understand if it, the enemy said, hey, we're, you, you're giving the ball to the back here? I, I don't know. I mean, they could just, instead of having receivers block, have them run rounds. It looks RPO-ish. It looks. It, it would have been. It would have worked very well throwing the ball to Terry in an RPO. But I don't. I can't tell you with one hundred percent certainty that that's an actual RPO. Yeah, I can't tell. I'm looking at it either. The only thing that would be a giveaway that it is is Terry immediately looks. Looks. You know, right. so Terry thinks there's a chance he's getting the ball. And he knows he's open. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, and you went through the fourth and goal. And you didn't like the decision to go for it. I actually was okay with it. I I mean, I, it was fourth and goal at the two. At that point, to your point, like this wasn't the moment where I really thought they were in trouble. Um, but Because they had actually had some chunk plays and had moved the ball a little bit. And... I don't know. Like, even if they don't get it here, I, I I love when our defense lines up against somebody, you know, deep in their own territory, and it was raining. And I, I remember at that at at that moment, I'm like, I think I'd go for it right here, and I didn't have a problem with it. But you you would have taken the three. I think I, well, the percentage that you get a fourth and two with a rookie quarterback is actually thirty seven percent. you know what you know what uh, you know what I hate though in these situations I just I I like when the field is spread and I like when you know even empty with and I, I with him have we seen a quarterback draw yet in three games I don't think we have and uh, I don't know, right, was was he being – yeah, exactly. Was he being spied um, on, on this play? I don't know. He's under it's center. Impossible. He's under center, which almost to me is a dead okay. giveaway that they're going to throw it with them. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Continue. I, yeah, that is something we will talk about later today as well. Okay. Um, okay. That's essentially, essentially the first half. Well, he does have the pick again, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got another pick. Oh, coming the, up. the pick where he throws the ball laid out in the flat. Uh, I don't. I this is probably so. The next interception is probably both ways on the quarterback. You have an unblocked four man rush. It's a zone blitz. There's zone pressure, but Buffalo's bringing four. So they bring a D tackle over the center. They bring a backer over the guard, and then they bring an outside rusher. And the outside rusher comes completely free. You had five to box four. Again, I'm not. I don't know how they're calling their line slides, or or, or if they're just throwing hot. Yeah, because this is right. if you're not going to change your line slide, this is hot because you don't have enough to block this side. Right. I was going to ask you that. Is, is so? You're th- you got to bring your center. You got to bring your center the other way. You got to bring them the other way. Or you, Which, you or you in, keep in Gibson the world in. I live in where if you see if you see even by alignment where Buffalo lined up, you just make it any L call like Lucky, Las Vegas. Any L call would change your line slide from a right slide to a left slide. You just turn your center the other way. That's all they need to do, and that might be on the quarterback. Well, I don't know if they're putting that on the quarterback or not, but that said, if you're throwing red seven hot route, that ball better be now. <laughs> <laughs> hot route means he's unblocked. There, like you have an unblocked free rusher if you're throwing a hot route. Unblocked, we cannot block this dude. That ball's got to be out. Welcome to the NFL. We can't, we can't, we don't, we're not going to sit here and say this. This is what I think happened. I know he's coming off the left, but I still might be able to get the ball down the field a little bit. Oh, shit, I'm not going to. Let me throw it in the flat now. Oh, picks. It's unblocked. You're in a bad situation. Take a game. Take a positive. It, it would have been a two-yard gain, and he'd have gotten hit. But the ball wouldn't have been picked if he throws it right now. It doesn't look like he knows there's going to be a free rusher. Well, if you look at alignment, I mean, they're they're out leveraged initially. Does Gibson have any responsibility to pick up the free rusher? No, 
they're in. A, it looks like they're in a scat or a five man protection. Mm-hmm. Right. If I remember it right, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, and the, I mean Kansas I, City. If you look at Kansas City and BN Reed and Andy Reed over the last ten years, they like five men. They they run a lot of five man protection. They'll throw off. And then the the other benefit to Kansas City is Travis Kelsey would have been on that five yard stick route, and he would have sat and turned it inside, and Mahomes would have thrown the stick route to Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He, like he would have found a way to create space in a uh, in a weirdly covered situation. That ball would have went to Kelsey inside with Mahomes. I want to just point one other thing out on this play too, because I <clears throat> I didn't in my recap. You know, there's a free rusher. <clears throat> the throw's a bad throw because he's getting hit. It's also a bad throw, Cooley. I think he is a smallish quarterback. Let's not beat around the bush here. All right, there are bigger men, and he has to throw over them. So he's got to throw hot, and he's got it's got to be out right away, and that makes the free rushers, you know, uh, the the free rushers uh, attempt, you know, it it, it eliminates that because the ball's already out. But the the ball is thrown inaccurately because he can't see, he can't and, throw it over him, and can't throw it over him. And right. and by the way, Micah Hyde is one of the best, you know, playmakers anticipating. You know, he, that's why he's ended. He's got so many big plays in his career because it's it's not because he's super fast, but it's a terrible throw because he can't see over the guy. So anyway, I wanted to just point that out because Gibson, even though he doesn't hit him late, uh, it, it doesn't hit him early on the hot route. It doesn't mean that it needs to end in a pick. No, if you if like if you have any concern that Micah Hyde's going to have a chance to play the ball, throw throw it over his head out of bounds. Right. He doesn't though have a concern, which is a problem. Right. He thinks he can still throw that ball. They react fast up here. Joe would say, <laughs> yeah. you know, up here, up here, up here in the league, up here in the league, they they will react. They will react fast. All right. What else? What's next? Um, we'll, get, we'll get to his next his next pick. You, you know, the other thing is is they take the ball down the field in the third quarter. Right. Running the football. Running the football. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they were running it so Yeah, well. I know. And you, you get to a second and eight, and you're trying to run a, a post route with Bates and then an out and up with Samuel. Well, yeah. The out and up never has a chance to win. The DB never bites on the out. Now, maybe he's trying to throw it out up and then steam it inside. But really, it's a throw you can't make. Now, the one thing I will say about this, Samuel can score here. He just sits and waits for the ball. He lets the DB pick it. This should be contested, a breakup, or an offensive touchdown. Come back to the goddamn ball. Like, help your guy. I don't like the throw. I don't think it's a good idea. But Samuel does nothing to attack the ball. It's either he's trying to throw it with some pressure in, in, inside and, and lead his receiver back inside where he can go get it, or he's trying to almost set him down on the goal line, like a, a back shoulder but an inside shoulder. 
either way, it's I don't like to throw. I'm not. I'm, it's still on the quarterback. But your receiver, I promise, I'm 41. Dude ain't picking that ball off. Like I will at least go attack that ball. I mean, this Travis White, he's pretty it. good. He is pretty good. But watch the play and tell me that Brent, or Samuel can't go attack the ball, or at least make a make him break it up. I just think it's he's got forward momentum going. Um, where you know, I don't know. Oh that my he's... god, he's a, he's a, about as shifty as it gets. NFL phenomenal athlete. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Down. I'll give you that. I'm, what I want to ask you on this interception is, what were his options? Run. It was right now. Like I'm telling you right now, run. Yeah, no doubt. Or work the other. Or or, or as soon as or as soon as you don't like as soon as that. I, I again, I should have kept this in front of me, but I'm not at home. As soon as that out and up, as soon as the corner doesn't take any of the bait on the out, which he doesn't, he's soft. Work the other side of the field to run. Yeah, it's such a great point. second eight. Like we can't throw a pick here. And the whole left it's a great side play by up. White. It's a great play by White, but work the other side. By okay. the way, also on this drive, they did have an RPO. Um, with the two hitch on the left side, and he, he gave it to the back. Again, I, what I think is an RPO, the nickel plays run all the way. The inside hitch is wide open, throw the RPO. He missed that. I thought he made a lot of back foot throws. I think he rushed everything. He is out of rhythm. He is rushing everything he's doing at this point in the game. Which makes sense because you come back after an interception and you go sack, sack. Now, the second sack in the next year of the great tackles beat has a chance for the ball to come out underneath right now. Three, four-yard games. Boom, boom. Ball out. Ball out. Got to come out. Would bother and then he throws the last pick. Real quickly on yeah. that drive, what bothered me is that the drive starts off with Robinson for seven, Robinson for 13, and then you know he had already had some big runs on the first drive that ended in interception. It's clear now that your quarterback is either holding it too long or the offensive line. We'll get to all of that here coming up. But you got a problem dropping him back. I don't I just I hated that. I wanted to see I didn't think it's 16 nothing at that point that they could win the game. I felt like it it should have been more than 16 to nothing. But it's like if you're going to get back into it, you're not going to get back into it dropping him back. Not if he's going to just keep taking sack after sack after sack, and I I just thought no, I thought Robinson rips off twenty yards in two runs. It's like let's keep going, let's just keep running the ball, and, and, and it's where your defense kept you alive for a couple drives in the second half. Yeah. Uh, so now we go back to let's just score three on fourth and two. Let's not throw a pick down in field goal range again, and we're at 16-6. Now, it's a, is that a two-score game? <laughs> um, Depends on what kind of scores, I guess. Are you talking – They're only getting field goals at the four-score game. Yeah, but are, you, but are we now on the next drive that ends with the Gibson fumble? Well, then the Gibson fumble kills you. I mean, I, I got that, but – because yeah. because they eventually, when he got sacked, after they ran, on the second drive of the third quarter, Robinson rips off a couple of, of runs, and then it's sacks, sacks, you know, whatever, and punt. 
Um, and, and, then, and, then, and then you come back and you, and you fumble. Yeah, and then, and then Washington got the fourth down stop when Deron Payne knocked down Josh Allen's pass. I think that was the next drive. And then Gibson fumbles on that next drive. And then by the time you get the ball back, next it's 23 to nothing. And there's right. an, and there's another interception. And, and then and then the last interception is just such another <laughs> welcome to the NFL moment. Yeah, like, a, what a play though. True. Right? Athletic. I mean, yes. I mean he I you don't see that play very often. And Hal is trying to jump and throw it over him and he you see he's, he's, he's vertically challenged on the throw. The crazy thing is on that third and five. Can he not just run for the first down? If he's out of the pocket, he usually makes one miss. Just run. Well, you know the old pump fake works really good too. They got if he would have pumped that ball, that dude was going hands up, eight feet in the air, nine, ten feet in the air. Pump it and go. I think your point, though, it's such a gr- like. I, I think I, I on Monday I said, look, eight out. This is a you know one or two out of ten play that's made. However, it's still not a good decision when the dude's six six and was a basketball player and has some hops. So you you, you it, it, I, I don't yeah. know that he can run for the five yards, um, but he certainly oh, wasn't going to throw it over him. No one else is going to tackle him inside of five yards. Yeah. Here's the thing: is it's not a bad decision. I don't hate the decision. It's a poor execution in the situation. Like the guy's open. He's just got to get the ball over somebody who's got a thirty-eight inch vertical and six-six. I mean, that does. Do I think in that moment, Howell has the ability to process? So he had a 38-inch vertical, and he's six foot six, and he's going to jump and bat this ball down into his own hands like a cat, and then catch it. And also, not even not even just that, he'll just finish with a pick six. Like in that moment, no, I was like, just get it over him. Come on, get over him. Like it's not the worst decision. His guy's open. It's off script. He's not a terrible idea. It doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, to me, it's like. Um... I mean, don't take this the wrong way, people, please. Uh, but it had been such a rough day already. And to me, like, it's like when you watch, like, UL Monroe play, you know, an SEC team like Auburn or something like that, and you got just a smaller kind of quarterback playing big men who are athletic, and those things happen all the time in those games. And it just... That's the thing that I I don't think I've said it this week. I, I loved what he did in Denver. Don't get me wrong. He uh, he looked small in this game to me, and maybe he was shrinking dur- throughout the game because he kept getting hit. I mean, I don't know if you know these numbers. He was sacked nine times. First of all, nine n- nine sacks and four interceptions. First time it's happened in 28 years in the NFL that a quarterback's been sacked nine times and thrown four picks. It was the second most pressures on a quarterback percentage-wise of of the attempts since Next Gen started to keep this stat. He was hit 15 times. And it just seemed as the game went on, it was 
it was plucky, try-hard guy, and I love that about Sam. Love that about Taylor, too. And he's got a much different, you know, physical ability than Taylor. I'm not comping the two at all. I mean, he can throw the football. He can really throw the football. But, man, he looked small at the end. And on this play, it looked like UL Monroe against Auburn's defense. Exactly what it looked like. I still, like, I don't, this game doesn't turn me off of how. I think this is a great learning moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go through the picks. The first one's bad. I mean, we understand that. The second one to the flat, you can't make that throw. It's the right guy, it's just the wrong timing. The third one, I don't like the throw. Could have been a incomplete pass in a lot of situations. And then the fourth one is again, like they're not just, he's not just back there just lost. He's got a concept. He's got some idea of what he's doing. He's struggling some. And he's got to learn what he can and can't do in the NFL. Because we're not playing Louisiana Monroe this week. Right. You know, there's no Arkansas State other than Denver might be. So. It, it, I didn't feel like he was locked. You know, out of the nine sacks, probably six of them were on him. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So you think six of them? Uh, but, but they're not good up front. Right. But here, here's the other crazy thing with your stats, which has never happened. I guarantee you it's never happened when a back has at least 10 carries and averages seven yards a carry, which should lead us right to the enemy. Right, which I want to get to. The, the other thing, too, is the reason you typically don't see nine sacks and four interceptions is that a quarterback is taking the sacks to avoid throwing the interceptions. Um, they both, yeah. you know, it just that doesn't happen a lot. Usually it's like, oh, my God, he took so many sacks. Like Carson Wentz got sacked nine times last year against the Eagles. Well, it's because he didn't want to throw picks. And so um, – so, real quickly, before we get to Biennemi, because uh, I did ask you to evaluate Biennemi as well. So, was that just a random number that you threw out there, or of the nine sacks, did you actually, you know, make notes that six of them were on Sam? I didn't make notes on the last few sacks, because you go to the next drive after the pick six, and he gets sacked twice in a yeah. row. Would, you have, pu- you, would you have pulled him in the game? No. I didn't ever think he was bad enough that you should pull him. It wasn't about, about being bad enough. It was I, about me, taking a beating. No. It was about taking a beating. No. He, he's going to take a beating and learn. He looks capable of taking the beating. You know, the biggest beating was on the third and 18 square, the scramble for 18 yards where he doesn't want to get down. I know. <clears throat> like he, excellent scramble. And, and, you know, as you write that down and you're watching it in real time, you're like, Dude, you can't take that hit. You've got the first down. The inside of it is you're probably not going to score on fourth and two, so you might as well try to get it in <laughs> I guess, but take that, but that was it. that was creating first and goal. I mean, to your point. No, he's got to get down. He's, he's like he's so – the first down was what, – what was the down and distance on that? Like third and two, something like that? Uh, on the scramble for the first down? Yeah, something like that. I'll look it up right now. Um, it was it was such a. I felt the same way. First of all, it was another you know near sack. I mean, he just got out of it. 
but it was. Cl- oh, by the way, by the way, he had like he had a throw in front of him. It was good to not throw deep to the right. He had like a post corner concept to the right, but the shallow. It was, cross a, it was, was a right second and one. Open. It was a second and one that he scrambled on. So they dropped he, him back on second and one, right in front of him. He could have uh-huh. thrown the ball. Okay, but man, but I'm fine. He took See, a, why, he, he took but a beating. But can no, I? Ju- he took a beating. Yeah, yeah. Second and one, like he very easily and perhaps should have been sacked. He made a great play to avoid it. But it's like, what are we doing here? Well, I mean, no, no, he should have been sacked. He should have thrown a shallow cross for. First down, it should have just been ball out to the crosser okay. at four I, yards I, in front of his face. So this seems so to bother you as much have. as anything else is the things that he missed and the misreads. So here, and, but here's where I'm fine with this with the rookie quarterback, and I will go back to Kyle Shanahan and with a great year with Robert Griffin. Read your first concept. If you don't like it and you don't feel comfortable getting to number three, run. Run now. Become your own check down. But how can slide? Yeah. So when you run now, you better slide. He's trying. He could see the end zone, man. He was trying to score. It was a great run. I mean, I'm watching it right here again, and it's like he he's he's a baller, man, and he he does make people miss. But it was very close to being. I mean, he's lucky he's not sacked. And by the way, if he's, it's then. It's then third and ten from second and one, and you're putting it on him because he did have the shallow cross open. But what a run! What a great run! And then he takes Whoa, a pounding at the end. The UL Monroe quarterback took an absolute pounding by the big bad Georgia defense at the end of that. I mean, he got smoked at the end of it. <laughs> Probably don't want to do that one again. Right. Oh, I don't know. But watch that scramble and then tell me on the last pick that he doesn't find a way to get five yards. Yeah. I, I, you can make I, dudes I, miss. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, maybe he only gets four and you go for it on fourth and one. Um, all right. I mean, up here they can tackle too. So, what, what was Sam's grade? Oh, it's, it's in the D range for sure. I, don't, I wouldn't call this a fail. By any means. Like he passed. It just wasn't good. I gave it an F. Yeah, a lot of red marks on I, paper. I gave it an F. But the good news is well, he had an A last week, so we're still alive in the class. I, I, I get, yeah, we're alive in the class. I guess my point is... is, is I know what you're saying. I think there's a there ton of some mistakes, plays. but I think... I think that there's, but I, but even in the mistakes, I think there's a lot to learn. I think he'll, I think he'll learn a lot from this. By the way, um, speaking of learning and things, I, one of my favorite things I've, I've heard in football this week. I, I love, first of all, I love Deion Sanders as a head coach. Me too. I, I love him. Yeah. His guys too. love him. I love him. But my favorite thing, I watched his press conference after that Colorado game. So did I. And and he's asked. Did you think you guys needed this to humble you? Did you think you needed this to learn from? And he said, do you think you need to get hit by a car? <laughs> exactly. Like When you're driving no, fast. We didn't said. need to. Yeah. We, can, we can find ways to humble ourselves and other. We can learn from good things. Like, you're, you're bouncing along all cocky. Do you think you need to get run over by a car? No. <laughs> exactly. You don't need to get run over by a car, do you? We didn't need to lose. 
He's very quick on his feet. Very quick on his feet. I'm buying a Colorado Buffaloes hat. I love I love Dion. They're going to be good too. He's going to be good. Well, you saw the end of that press conference, right? Where he said, "I watched. You better you, you better get me now. You I better get me now because this is the worst we're going to be." Yeah, keeping receipts. Um, and then, by the way, yesterday he was asked about this five-star corner, Cormani McLean. Cormani McLean um, flipped his recruitment from Miami to Colorado when Dion got the job. He hasn't played yet, and Dion was asked about it again, and he went off. And I'll play it at the end of the show uh, for everybody when we uh, when we trail out. But he basically said um, he said, well, when he starts showing up to meetings on time, when he starts watching film, when he starts taking football seriously, when it starts to matter to him. Then we can start start putting them on the field. He said, but I watch. I know how much a film everybody's watching. And if I were to put him on the field with as much film as he's watching, I'd, I'd be the fool. <laughs> I mean, to me, like I listened to that. I played it this morning on radio, and I'm like, if I'm the father of that Cormani McLean, I'm on the phone with him saying, this is the guy you – not only want to play for, you're going to play for, and you better start watching some goddamn film and doing what he tells you to do. Because you're blowing it. Now, whether or not it needed to be public or not, I don't know. I just, he's the kind of guy, for me, if my son's a five-star player, I'm definitely going on that recruiting trip. He's going on that recruiting trip. The, they're going Cooley. He's going to have top three to five recruiting classes for the next couple of years. The, they, they better get him now. They better get him now because they're not good enough for the Oregon's and the USC's and the really good teams. Not yet, but, but in a couple of years, they're going to be. They think they are because of him. I know. Not because he's their coach, because he makes them believe that they are. Yeah, but. They, I love him. They got I the, love that him. Was, that was an absolute ass-kicking. I mean, they had no chance. And their best player didn't play, but it doesn't matter. They had no chance. Oregon's yeah. at a different level than Colorado right now. But if right he now. stayed – by the way, one of the questions is if he stays there. Because a lot of people think he'll end up in the SEC next year within he's two years. He's not going to stay there. By the way, I think he's more of a college coach than an NFL coach. What do you think? I think he could transcend to do whatever he wanted to do. He seems like a very good manager of a team. All right, let's get to Eric Bieniemy uh, and whatever else uh, you have in your notebook. We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Football season, we're into it. Uh, and if you're looking for a spot to watch your favorite teams, head to Due South Dockside in Navy Yard, right on the Capitol Riverfront Boardwalk. Stock bar, draft beer, a menu full of Due South House smoked barbecue favorites. Their barbecue is excellent. Their waterside location is the perfect place to gather all season long or to host your next event. Go on down, do the queue at Due South. Menus and more at DueSouthDC.com. This is one of Bo Blair's many places, the Bullpen, Jetties, Millie's, one of the best restaurant tours we've ever had in this 
this town. Due South DC's excellent, and it's a great place to go down, hang out with friends, and watch games. DueSouthDC.com. Uh, from Victor, Kevin Cooley, more Cooley, more and more Cooley, like Window Nation says, and then more Cooley after that. Yeah, Window Nation's deal is we've got more and even more than more nowadays. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to try to pull that off. Chris is, I think, back and engaged into the season here for the second straight week. So we're excited about that. Uh, Don't forget to rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. Um, A five-star review if you see fit. Quick one to two sentence review, five star rating, excuse me. A quick one to two sentence review um, is huge for us. Don't forget to follow us as well on Apple and Spotify uh, and subscribe to the podcast where they allow you to do that. All right. I asked you to give me a film breakdown of Sam Howell, which you just did. I also asked for your thoughts on the game that Eric Bieniemy called because last week you raved about it. I think everybody did. Um, what did you think this week? So I think that he got away from the rhythm of the game plan that he probably intended. Now, some of the good stuff, I, like I like some of the creative stuff in terms of how he's running the ball. I, I like some of the things he mixes in. Like early in the game, they, they run what's like a split zone. So the running back, it's a zone run play. Bring the tight end across the backside to block the backside defensive end. But you also use this fly sweep motion to hold the front side outside. So you really create a cutback lane. But he's got some good stuff in the in the run game. He's got some good stuff throwing the ball down the field. Like the first down the field throw to Bates is, is kind of that. Like the receiver on the outside right running vertically towards the goalpost and then ends up sitting down. And Bates kind of runs inside of him, but then Bananas back out and he's wide open. Like they got some stuff that he definitely knows what he's doing as far as play creation. I will give him that. What I didn't like about this game plan, is, and I think is probably that some of it got away from him. The quarterback really never got going. And if you look at the Denver game, I was so complimentary of how many screens they ran. Right. They had zero. I'm pretty sure they had zero first half screenplays. Zero. And they end up on a third and 22 running a screen and get what, like 18 yards, which was called back by a penalty. Right. That one. Yep. And, and then they come back and they throw a screen to Gibson. And this is where the enemy's like, shut, shut the fuck up, Cooley. We're on a screen. Our guy fumbles. <laughs> but they really, they really didn't mix up Buffalo's defensive line rhythm and the rhythm to get after the quarterback. They put how in a dropback situation, static for most of the game. And you can't even look like they one sprint right, and it's a completion to Terry. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're going to sprint out 14 times in a game. That's unrealistic. But moving the pocket for your quarterbacks really beneficial. They had zero boot action. And I don't think there was any boot. There's no screens. There's no like early what gimmick play. They pop it out to McLaurin. Let's let's just see if we can get him going for four. No bubble stuff. Just no simple, easy throws, easy rhythm quarterback get on the move throws, easy rhythm screen throws. It was static. It was static throughout the game. 
and I said he could have run the ball much more. So I, I think my bet to you, Kevin, would be he probably wishes he could recall the game. They probably had some stuff he didn't get to. And he would say, well, yeah, we ran 22 plays in the first half. So, yeah, I had some stuff I wanted to get to, and we just didn't get to it. Like, we got to get some we got to complete third downs. We were one for nine at third down conversions. We've got to be able to move the sticks to get to another set of downs. I didn't love the way it was called. It was just bad offensively. I think he struggles a lot. I, like, I think they struggle a lot with offensive play. And some of the run stuff, like when they're trying to go, go gun zone run stuff, it's not good. They are not getting enough push up front to get good run stuff. But that said, Robinson excellent at finding ways to get yards in tight spaces. Right. And then one more thought, and then you would have to go add this up, but this is just a feel thing because I didn't count this. When when Robinson's out of the game and Gibson's in the game, if I'm coaching against them in a first and second down situation, I'm yelling play action. Gibson had two carries. Yeah. He's in the game on at least five or six run action passes early in the game. He actually, I know they want him in. He, as a he had more snaps. But, he had more. He had more snaps in the game than Robinson. Only had twenty of the fifty-four snaps. Gibson had. Um, hold on, where are my notes here from? But Gibson not getting the carries. I know Robinson right. is getting the carries. Yeah, the Robinson twenty snaps. Gibson thirty-three. I just. Yes. They're also in a lot more pass situations in this game, especially in the second half. Right. I'm going to wait to, to, to ask you a question or two and mention what you we said You can ask me week. now, but the, my point would be take into account relevant rundowns in the game. First and ten, second and five, second and six, second and seven. Real relevant 50-50 downs. And then I would say in those relevant 50-50 downs, you're probably 80% of your run-action passes with Gibson, 75, 70, something like that. I could be wrong. It just felt that way. Okay. It felt that way last week, too. So I'd be careful with that. But I, like I said, I think the game got away from him in terms of his game plan. Like I wouldn't say that they just reverted to day-one offense, but which I've seen teams have to do. I think he tried to stick with what, what they practiced and what they went through, but his rhythm wasn't there. There wasn't a rhythm for how... The enemy didn't stay in rhythm. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way the quarterback played. I didn't like the way the offensive coordinator called it. And I just think that they have enough talent around that quarterback that you just got to get the ball out of his hands quick. Find ways. One-man shows, create things, create rhythm. He did not do that. I think one of the reasons we didn't see as many screens this week is that Buffalo is faster, smarter than Denver, and they played the screen last week against the Raiders a few times very well. And the fact that they had run so many screens in Denver, um, you know, they probably went away from that tendency. Um, but they were very effective plays in Denver. That That's my guess because I talked about this on Friday – that Buffalo was going to be a harder team to screen than Denver was uh, because I watched the Raiders game and they were not effective with screens. Um, you, you, said, um, you, you said earlier, you said that, you know, he's not taking the check down early enough. 
Uh, and then you also said, which I remember you saying specifically about Robert way back in the day, the check down needs to be him. He's got to go one read, and if it's not there, we're going check down, and the check down's him running because if not, there's probably going to be a bad result, but the run could be a very good result. Um, these, to me, like the checkdowns, especially, look, they've got receivers that threaten a defense. So a lot of these checkdowns that I've seen that he hasn't taken, remember we, the, he had one last week on a, on a third down that they were off the field on or they kicked a field goal on. They're wide open. And Gibson was wide open on the checkdown. Like, to me, I would think this is a very fixable thing. Right? I think it's a very fixable thing as well. I think it's a – what tells you the down-the-field throw is dead? And how can we – how can we understand that a half a second quicker? Like you're looking at safety placement, you're looking at where corners are filling, you're looking at underneath like depending on the concept, you're looking at like underneath coverage. You're usually working half the field. Like what tells you it's dead? And how do we understand? Hey, this is this has got no legs. So get off it. You just got there's got to be a tail for him. He's just seen a lot right now, Kev. And the thing is, is he knows he can throw the ball down the field. And I, I know he can throw the ball down the field. And it's fun to throw the ball down the field. But at some point, you got to know it's dead. And he just doesn't yet. Who specifically, if somebody did stand out, did you think struggled the most on the offensive line? Oh, I just don't think they're effective as a group up front. I don't know. Cosme didn't look like he played incredibly well. I, really, I just don't. I don't see him as like a stout, consistent offensive line. I, I think they. I think it's just. I think it's like C minus across the board. I just think this guy. If, would, I, I think this I'll guy Wiley's terrible. Like I'm, uh, yeah, Wiley's terrible. I'm not sitting and grading every player. I'm watching. I know. Like, I'm lazy film watching right now. Like I'm watching the quarterback and thinking about the play call. I know. Um, maybe next week, if there are more sacks, I'll ask you to do the O line. So I wanted to. There's going to be more sacks. I, I wanted to mention to you that Rivera this week had some interesting comments, which he always does. He just talks too much. Period. Um, but after the game, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm just going to paraphrase. He talked about. He was talking about Sam, and he said, "Look." We have to evaluate what we're doing as well. And then next, we'll get to the evaluation of the players. What that said to me, and I believe it's actually what he meant, is that we can't be at this 4-5-1 to five one, five to one ratio and pass to run. I mean, it's 36-7 to seven in Denver. I didn't have a problem with it. You didn't have a problem with it. It worked. Arizona in the first half, it didn't work, and that game was at risk. And this week, you know, it was 17-5 in the first half in terms of called uh, pass plays to run. So I think Ron is going to say to Eric, look, we can't have, you know, a quarterback. At a, he's, at a, he's at a record pace for sacks, turn, the, the sacks and combined turnovers, the sacks at a record pace, most sacks ever in the first three weeks of a season or since 2005, David Carr um, in, in Houston. Um, and so – to me, that means 
we got a guy that was averaging seven yards per carry, and he's been a load to bring down. We got to be a little bit more balanced. What do you think it meant? You didn't hear it, but I just shared it with you. Do you think? Well, I think it, I think Ron's definitely suggesting that they need to be more balanced. Think think back to the end of last year before the offensive coordinator search, where he basically suggested we want to run the ball eighty percent of the time. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but that changed. But here's but here's the crazy the crazy thing about it is if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm basically like taking the back of my hand and flipping my chin at it, like nah. This is my job to be the offensive coordinator, and I got an opportunity to show what I can do with a young quarterback in developing an offense. And I'm not going to pound my head against the fucking wall running the ball. Now, they did run the ball effectively, but I, I don't know if, how that goes through the year. So this... I think it's a good conversation early to have is, hey, look, we got to find a way to stay more balanced. But at the same time, you, you literally, if you're Eric Bieniemy and you went and watched the film of this game, it's like telling a receiver not to drop the ball. Right, like he should. Come, he, he should. He should be ball. able to come he, to that he, conclusion. Very, very simple conclusion. We needed to stay more balanced running the ball. We needed to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quicker. Granted, Buffalo plays a screen great, but that does. There are so many different kinds of screens and different kinds of things you can create that are essentially screens. They're not always uh, like three linemen letting two defensive linemen through and then turn it's not the old school there's a lot of versatility that they didn't utilize this week against buffalo that they showed on film last week against Denver. so there's got to get your you got to get your quarterback comfortable and if if more running is is good early if boots good if screens are good like they didn't boot they didn't screen they didn't move their quarterback they didn't change the location of their quarterback they set him back in the pocket and let him take a fucking beating, right? With a, with a, with a, I think is a C minus offensive line. Now he ain't Joe Montana, and he ain't Patrick Mahomes, so we can't just sit back and throw five to seven yard stick routes. By the way, the other thing Buffalo did a really good job of is any time that there were a short to mid range complementary route, they took away the mid range and said throw the short route. We are not giving you the ball 10 yards down the field. Yeah, the short one. Yeah, remember I, I asked you last week um, if people in, in the Denver game I, – I felt like people were open, Dotson in particular, for the first two weeks. But when I watched the All-22, um, you know, to, to get ready for, for you, I noticed that they were covered well for a lot of this game. The receivers were covered very well. They did not get open. Yeah. A lot of guys were not open. Yeah, a couple of the sacks were combined coverage sacks. I will agree with that. Um, the other thing Ron said this week on Monday, the day after the game, and this to me is the most interesting. And Tommy and I spent some time on this yesterday because I've had this hunch that this this is all about that they're uh, that a big part of what they're doing offensively is they're developing Sam. You know, um, yeah. and th- that's what a big part of this season is about. And by the way, for Bienemy to kind of, you know, put his stamp on the kind of offense he wants to be, he comes from Andy Reid. Andy Reid's heavy pass to run ratio. And so Ron said, you know, he talked about, you know, giving him time to grow and develop. And then he was asked about the run game on Sunday and should they have leaned on it. And he said, well, in hindsight, 20, you know, hindsight 2020 is okay. Yeah. And then in that answer, he said, 
Again, the one thing we do talk about is just trying to get the opportunity for Sam. The game was close all the way up to a certain point, could have come together, and then there was a follow-up question on is it more about getting how the experience or is it, you know, doing what you need to do to try to win the game or was it the because you were down by a bunch you were throwing it and he said I think it's a combination of both. He said, the sooner we really feel like he develops and grows, the more op- opportunities we're going to get. He's a very young player. I know he's a second-year player, but this is only his fourth game, so there is leniency with that. There's a little bit of growing pains that we're going to have to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. So I would ask you, like if you were on this team – and you believed in Sam because the players certainly seem to believe in Sam. But this isn't like Dwayne Haskins. It's it's not Dwayne Haskins for a number of reasons. For a number of reasons. But beyond that, it wasn't a good team either. This is a good team. This is a good roster. They've got good defense. They've got a good defense. They've got a top 10 kind of a defense. They have some skill position players that are good. With decent quarterback play, this could be a 9 or 10 win team. Not a championship contender, but a playoff team in the NFC. So what I'm asking you is, would there be a point as a player where the focus on developing the young quarterback as a priority would bother you? Yeah. No no doubt that that bothered me if I'm Jonathan Allen two years ago when we can't find a quarterback. It would continue to bother me today. I would understand where we're at today. But, yeah. Does it bother me that I had nine starting quarterbacks when I played and we switched offenses four times? Yeah. Hated it. Yeah, it does. But it's not just... This is where they are now. They have how? Who were they going to go? I mean, they could have got Baker. Who, who are, where were we going to get a quarterback? I, I, the problem is, is you start as a head coach without a quarterback, your primary goal is to find one, not to be starting a fifth-round draft pick rookie four years later who you, don't, who you need to develop. Fifth round. Um, but, you're but, way late on it. You're way too late to the party here. But if you're John Allen – and you believe in Sam, like you believe that it makes sense to develop him and wait it out and be patient because it's going to produce a big payoff at the end, are you, are you willing to go through these growing pain games where you're getting your ass kicked and the defense, you know, whatever. They, I mean, Josh Allen made some plays in this game. I'm not saying the defense was great in the game. Certainly weren't on third down, but... What if you believe in Sam as a defense, as Terry McLaurin or as John Allen? Are you then willing to stick it out here? You're under contract for a I'm few willing years. To, this is where I am, Kev. If I'm if I'm a player right now, like this is where I'm at. Well, Jacoby Brissett is a veteran that you know is more of a known and played pretty well last year in Cleveland. They didn't get it done. Okay. They didn't have the same defense that they have this year. My God, have you seen the Cleveland defense this year? Um, but okay, I, I whatever you answered the question. I, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. 
I don't. I'm not like you thought he was an awful quarterback performance. Anyone that watched it can see it was an awful quarterback performance. My suggestion is that I saw I, I see a guy that can grow through a poor quarterback performance. Did he need to get run over by a car? No. Did he? Yes. He got run over by a car. He's fine. He needs to look both ways before he crosses the street next time. <laughs> like he's not blind in his right eye. Right? Uh, <laughs> like, it, I, I don't see a guy that's just dead out there. It's not. I, I, oh, I didn't. I, I don't see that either. That like, I mean, he was great last week. I'm. Trust me. I, I made this very clear on if, Monday. If I'm John Allen, or if I'm, if I'm, I better have my defensive-minded head coach. Find a way to get off the fucking field on third down. Right. Because they got their ass kicked on third down. Right. Did they get their ass kicked on third down because of them or because of Josh Allen and Steph Diggs in Buffalo? Because of them. Tell me why. They tried multiple different things. You want to go through? Let's go through the third downs. Okay. First, first third and ten after two big defensive stops. They play two man. Remember that Allen can run. There's yeah. nobody. Everybody even, knows with that. even eyes on Allen. I'm not sure what Chase Young is doing on that play. He gets chipped by the tight end, and then he's slowly wandering up the field, and Allen's running. Yeah, I did notice that. I mean, Payne was close to a sack, but that that is Allen. But like, we need to replace. We need to have rush integrity. If we're going to play two man, we're going to play straight two man, two safeties deep, man everybody else. We better have some rush lane integrity. So was it Chase? Third that, eight after so was it stops, Chase that same. didn't have the the rush lane integrity? I don't know what Chase is doing. It's hard to say. I mean, I'm not not sure. Gets hit by a tight end and just gets lost. Third and eight after two more good stops. Sweat misses a sack. The old pump fake got him. Now Diggs is off script. Okay, yeah, it is Allen, but it's Montez Sweat. Just go sack him. He had a chance to just go hit him. That was Fell a, for the old pump baker. That was a great throw. You know, third yeah. nine, they end up getting the stop after Knox really dropped a touchdown on a. Oh, right. I forgot about on, that. On, on, yeah. a, on a really good throw. They, they, they hold him to a field goal. Um, third and two on the second drive. They. They don't squeeze an in-and-out on the slot. They run like that little whip in-and-out. Cameron Curl and old 57 just sit there and let him sit right in the middle of them. Burton. You know? <laughs> they they do get off the field on that, that drive. They, with, they had an interception opportunity. You then give up a touchdown on the first play, the third drive. Yeah, what happened on that play? Who catches a touchdown? Gabe Davis. I didn't write this down. Gabe Davis. Oh, no. I... Hold on. Gabe I'll Davis. It was against, it was cover two. By the way, it's after a 23 yard punt return. When you're playing the Bills, right. you can't lose on special teams. Too. Right. Can't lose on teams. Um, It's a great route. He's running like that angle in corner. And the safety just squats on it way too long and doesn't run with him. It's it's literally just the safety's got to go make that play. You know they're going to take a shot for a big punt return. Your side of the field. The the one I hated is the, is the first third down of the of the fourth drive after you go for 
fourth and two. You, you get two run stops. You have them backed up. It's a third and seven. They run uh, an option route on the right side. Well, it's. I think I'm pretty sure it's St. Just is is playing. It was sort of heads up. Yeah, it was. Well, he's got Montez Sweat dropping inside of him. He has inside help. He gets double stick and gets broke off and gives up an out route. With, with it's definitely an option route. They're they're running a, a choice or an option route in that situation. The, the only place you can't get beat is outside. You have inside help. How are you getting beat outside? And I, like, it, I, I literally at that moment wrote on the top, like, Fuller's your slot, St. Juice is your outside corner, Manuel Brown's your other outside corner. I, I, like, I don't Manuel like Fuller Forbes. outside. Forbes. I do like Fuller in the slot. I don't like St. Juice in the slot. I do like St. Juice outside. I think it's an easy situation. I don't know why it's not done. We talked about this last year, too. Like, I think Fuller's a better slot. But that's St. Juice. Gives that up. You know, they, they get later to a third and eight on the fourth drive. And it's a two-man combination. I think it's Diggs that ends up catching like a corner or like an out route, like a 15-yard out route right. in third and eight. Yeah. Who, who's, who's 12? Number 12 runs like a, a deep corner route. Literally at three guys on defense go deep. And, and nobody's covering underneath. Nobody. And it's St. Juice running with the corner route, and he's got corner and safety help over the top. He's the inside nickel guy. He's got two guys helping him over the top, and he just bails and runs with the uh, with the with the go route or the vertical route. Right. And yeah. leaves digs it wide open underneath deal. Yeah. I mean, it's just Buffalo basically did what they wanted to do. I mean, they end up getting a couple stops to start the second half, and Fuller gets a pick. A good run stop on third and two, and, and then Payne bats a ball on a fourth down and gives him a chance there at 16-0. But it's like they tried everything. They tried bringing a five-man pressure. They tried multiple versions of zone coverage. Allen's really good, um, and they failed in coverage. And when you fail in coverage, he's going to find a way to get the ball to his guys. And if you try to put extra guys in coverage, he's going to run. And you just have to be – you have to be more on the money when you're playing Allen. And you you weren't. The thing the thing is frustrating and this is I feel like we do this a lot of years. It's always like third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, third and thirteen. Why are we giving up first down? Right. <laughs> like Yeah. And and in that situation, it, you've invested everything into a D line. Right. No, Payne, I know. Allen, Sweat, Young. Get home. They, it's not always. It's really not a havoc wreaking, scare you to death third nine D line. I don't know why it's not, but it isn't. Part of me, when I watch football now, it's like I watch teams that I think are really good on defense, and it just can. It it just doesn't hold up forever. It's, especially when you're playing teams with elite quarterbacks. It, you gotta score. Your best defense against elite quarterbacks is staying on the field on offense. It doesn't matter how good of a defense you have, because I, like, you didn't change your mind about Sam Howell this week, and I didn't either. I mean, because I have last week to look back on. If I didn't have last week to look back on, then I'd be a little bit concerned right now after what I saw Sunday. 
defensively, I believe in this defense. I think it's a really good defense. I, I want more takeaways. I want more havoc wreaking. Um, and I think Duran's the one guy that's done that more than anybody else. But I also, with that, have this expectation that against the, you know, Josh Allen, which is this year on the schedule, the most elite quarterback they'll face. Uh, now, Tua in the Dolphins, they're going to face later in the year. Um, but, I like, as good as their defense is, like, if they were playing Miami this week, I just assume they're still going to give up 30 because offense yeah. beats defense in 2023. It's just a different no game. All right. Uh, you did enough today. Great job. Appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Sure will, buddy. Thank you. All right. We are done for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy. You mentioned last week that Cormani seeing the field was up to Cormani. Uh, I wonder if you could elaborate on what you want to see him do. Did he help his case? Study, late, prepare. Late, late again. Study, late. prepare, be on time for meetings, show up to the darn meetings. Understand what we're doing as a scheme. Want to play this game, desire to play this game, desire to be the best in this game at practice, in the film room, and on your own free time. You do know that I check film time for each player upon the week. Thursday, I need film time from the whole staff so I can see who's been preparing. And that's just not about commodity. That's about a multitude of them. So if I don't see that, that it, you would be a fool to put somebody out there and they're unprepared. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't do it. I'm old school. I'm sorry.